Hey everyone, welcome to On The Line. My name is Addison and I'm a 15-year-old aspiring sports broadcaster. On The Line is a sports podcast that highlights the stories of high school and college athletes so you can get a behind-the-scenes look at what it takes to be the best. everyone. Welcome back to On the Line. My name is Addison and today I'm here with Joshua McCarran, a outside linebacker out of Archbishop Murphy High School here in Washington. So welcome to the podcast. What's going on? Thanks for having me. Of course. So when did you start playing football? Um, I started playing football, I think it was when I was five. Um, I had that kind of conversation with my mom in the car and she got really sad because she was scared of all the hitting and the contact um and I know that she's happy we made that decision now that is definitely a mom thing (laughs) yeah and then when did you realize that you wanted to play beyond high school uh honestly it's always kind of been a dream of mine um football's been one of my passions since I started and um, once I got to high school, being at Archbishop Murphy, it, it just kind of took flight even more. Um, I, I just really got to know the things I could do as a player. Um, and we just continued to grow and continue to build on what I had. Um, I've always been a taller kid, but it just, it just kind of fell into place. And I, I realized that this is my passion and we just kept going with it. And once junior year came, it, it all kind of fell into place, and here we are now. Yeah, so Archbishop Murphy is a private school. So do they recruit for sports? Uh, we do not recruit for sports. Um, I, I know there's been a lot of hype around that, uh-huh. but yeah, ne- never been the case. So did you go for academics? Did you go for football? What was the reason for going to the private school? It was kind of um, a mix of three things. I, I've been a Catholic all of my life. Archbishop Murphy is a Catholic school, um, and faith is very evident in their mission there, um, as well as they have a lot of AP courses that um, really challenge students there. Um, and, and that was very crucial to me in picking a school. Um, and then the, the icing on the cake is they've got good sports teams, so that was kind of the bonus at the end. Um, is all three things tied into each other and it, it just seemed like the perfect fit for me. Mm-hmm. Well, going back to what you were talking about, some people feel that it is unfair for private schools to be playing in the same conference as public schools. So what do you have to say about that? I, I, I mean, I may be biased on this, but I, I honest to God think it's, it doesn't really matter public or private. Um, we've played public schools for however many years now and they'll beat us and we'll play public schools and we'll beat them. It's just, it honestly comes down to how much people buy in, in the school and how much people are willing to sacrifice for their team, their school. Um, and I think that one of the things that Murphy does is they do a really good job of making it, making sure that that everyone is bought in in every sport. And so it honestly just comes down to love for the game, love for the education, love for whatever it is that you do. Um, And I think Archbishop Murphy does an amazing job of making sure that everyone's competing at every time. 
Exactly. I agree with you. I don't think that going to a private school is different than a public school. You know, everyone has the same chance at succeeding and it's just the work you put in. So I think it's kind of unfair how some people, you know, aren't a big fan of having the private schools be in the same conference as public schools. A hundred percent. Now, did you start playing at Archbishop Murphy in 2017? I did. Okay, so you probably know where this is going, but that was a year after a season full of forfeits. So I think five different teams refused to play Archbishop Murphy, um, kind of due to what we were just talking about. So what was it like playing after that, I guess you could say, controversial year? It was really crazy. Um you know, that year we played uh, Bellevue, Garfield, and we scheduled a lot of teams from down south um, to kind of test the waters and see uh, where we match up from a like a more statewide standpoint instead of playing teams just in the north. And, you know, we beat Garfield, we lost to Bellevue, and it was kind of surreal to see to play with these elite-level guys, you know, like Kyler Gordons, the uh, Ben Hines, guys like that that went on to play college football as well. And so it, it, it was, it was surreal. And it was also a very humbling experience because losing to uh, another two A school like Tumwater, um, I feel like we came off of that 2016 year and thought we were greatest thing ever. <laughs> um, and it kind of humbled us and put us back in the lab and, you know, we had to keep working. We had to continue to work to be great. I bet. What a crazy way to start off your high school career. 100%, yeah. So you play linebacker, correct? Yep. Now, weak side or strong side? Uh, I it, A little of both. <laughs> a little of both. So for the people who don't know the difference, what is the difference? Um, so strong side is ten, tends to be um, where the tight, end, the tight end lines up or where the strength of the formation is. So if you're looking at a... Um, an offense where the most receivers are on the side of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go to that side for this if I was playing strong side. Um, weak side is the exact opposite where there's less people. You go to that side and you try to um, – you're essentially alone um, with the corner or the safety that's on that side. So with the linebackers that are better in pass protection, would they usually play the strong side? Yeah. So um, at Virginia, I've always been a pass rusher, uh, meaning I go hit the quarterback. I, I've I've never been a great coverage back. Um, and so I tend to play weak side more. Um, and, and I think that's what I'll continue to do at Virginia. Now, can you explain a little bit about what the job of a linebacker is? Because I hear a lot. It's like kind of the quarterback of the defense. Yeah, it, honestly, there's four usually four linebackers on the field, and it d- depends which one you're talking about. The middle linebackers, I'd say yes, 100% quarterbacks of the defense. Um, those are your play caller guys that um, at the college and pro level they have the mic in their um, head fo- or in their helmet, listening to the coach. Um, the outside linebackers are kind of the they're kind of the how do I explain this? They, they kind of do everything. We we cover, we blitz, um, we stuff holes. It's it's just it, it's a lot of things. Um, and be, being an outside linebacker is it, it's fun, 
Um, but it's challenging. There's a lot of stuff that just goes into preparation for games um, and just constantly having to read different things on the field. So it, it's a tough job, but it's also very fun. And, you know, we love it. <laughs> now, if I understand this correctly, when you're looking at the defense, you have the line, the linemen, and they're focused on the run protection. And then you have your DBs and they're, their purpose is kind of to protect the pass rushing. So for a linebacker, you do kind of both. You provide both run and pass protection? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Now let's talk a little bit about blitzing. So as a linebacker, you um, provide a lot of that pressure when blitzing, and it's a very high-risk, high-reward scenario. So how do you um, make that work and make blitzing successful? Uh, blitzing has always been a, a fun part to football. You know, it's that, it's that time where as a linebacker, you get to pin your ears back and just go crazy. Um, I've put in a lot of time like at FSP and training with other linemen from around the state, um, to work on hand fighting. Um, I did boxing for a little bit and just to work on getting that technique down. So when I come off the edge hard, I'm able to attack alignment at where he's most vulnerable and take away his shoulder or take away his arms, um, which makes alignment basically unable to block. Um, And so it's just getting that technique down and getting that ability um, and learning the ways of the game and learning people's tendencies. Um, And it essentially makes blitzing just – takes away the high risk, high reward, and it becomes more of a a 50-50 split where like you're competing and it, the person who knows the most wins. And a Mm -hmm. lot of times there's um, continuous matchups and battles where it it is going 50-50. Yeah. Well, I read that the blitz is one of the most popular defensive strategies now in football. And some teams are blitzing anywhere from 20 to 35% of the time, which I thought was pretty crazy. Um, it's it's a faster game now. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned cross training a little bit earlier with boxing, but you also play lacrosse. So how does playing other sports like lacrosse help your performance on the football field? Lacrosse has always been a, um, a pretty big part of my high school life. I love that sport. Um, it's amazing conditioning and hand-eye coordination. Um, I won't lie, I had terrible hands um, in catching footballs my freshman year, and I truly believe that lacrosse assisted in changing that. I was able to go out, um, work on catching and everything, and my hands just got better. Lacrosse has been a huge part. I, I take a beating in lacrosse because I'm usually one of the bigger dudes on the field, um, and I carry carry the ball a lot so it just works on mental toughness hand-eye coordination conditioning um and, and just all around athleticism if it, it's just fun it's just fun to be out there I think cross training or participating more than one sport is the best thing a passionate athlete should do to help better their performance 100 percent. that's it's very crucial now, can you talk about your best game? So when was it against what team? What were your stats? All of that. Uh, um, it's interesting. I would have to say probably probably Hawkinson last year. Um, that was kind of the first game that 
set myself up for success in terms of recruiting. Um, I had a lot of hype coming off my sophomore year. Um, but again, a, a lot of coaches, a lot of people wanted to see if it was just a fluke year. Um, and Hawkinson week two was kind of the game that set in stone that it wasn't just a fluke year. You know, I had four sacks, 14 tackles. Um, like I think it was four catches for 48 yards and just all in all played a, a pretty decent game. Oh, and eight, eight tackles for loss. Um, and I'd say that was the game I played with the most passion ever in my life. Um, we, we had lost to them previously the year before, and I had watched over 48 hours of film on that team, just trying oh, wow. to study everything they could do. Um, and we had it down to the wire, and we just purely willpowered that game and won at their house, ending a 27 or 28-game win streak for that school. Oh, that's crazy. Um, so it was just a big game, and I, I honestly say that that would be my best game uh, of my entire football career. Well, you were named Defensive Player of the Year, four-star recruit by ESPN, and according to 24-7 Sports, you received around 18 offers. So what do you think was a key to all of that success? Honestly, just putting my head down and working. I've never been the – I mean, I chirp a lot on the football field. Uh, uh-huh. I like to talk, talk trash. But at the end of the day, it's just like when you wake up, make your bed and do something great. Mm-hmm. And I've always just applied that to life is I, I wanted to be great so bad. Um, and I'm not great yet, um, but I, I'm hopefully setting myself up on a road to get to greatness and just consistently waking up and trying to be great. And I, I think that that success has come from that because I, I never was a flashy guy. It's I put my head down at work and I, I I've always been – just a workhorse. And I think that um, that success is kind of just a a reward for that workhorse mentality. And I I hope to build on it. For sure. Well, because you've been through the recruitment process, do you have any advice? Um, It's lonely. It's, it's a scary time. Um, A lot of young athletes don't realize how much of a virtue patience is. Um, patience is super crucial during the recruiting process. Um, you got to consistently DM coaches, talk to coaches. Um, and a lot of times they won't text you back and it hurts and it sucks. Um, but like I said, I have 18 offers and I was getting rejected by tons of coaches. Um, I know a lot of coaches just won't respond and it's hard, but continue to produce, continue to be great. And continue to be uh, to work hard, and those coaches will hit you back, and it'll continue to build, and it'll con- you'll continue to be great, um, and the the recruiting process will then become a breeze. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you brought that up and brought up some of the challenges, but I really think that the recruitment process can teach you a lot of life life lessons that can really build your character moving forward because you will have to hear no a lot. But like you were mentioning, now you ended up with 18 offers and you're committed to a university. So it all worked out in the end. So you just have to be patient. 100%. Yeah, it's patience is a virtue. Now in your recruiting highlight videos, what are some aspects that you really want to showcase as a linebacker? Um, it's honestly, it goes to 
there's like four things that are crucial that you need to put on repeat um, for a coach to see and a highlight reel, especially for an outside linebacker, defensive lineman hybrid. Um, and A, it's sacks, showing hand fighting, um, spin moves, whatever it is to get off of the offensive tackle to go make a play on the quarterback. Um, that's kind of the biggest one. Um, number two is, I'd say, run stopping, showing the ability that um, when a big 300-pound 6'5 guy is coming at you, can you stop him in his tracks to um, essentially get around him and make a play on the running back in the backfield? Um, and then third, I'd say, is coverage. Uh, can you cover receivers? I haven't played a traditional linebacker position in – my high school years. So I would say I, I didn't have much of coverage last year. Um, and I'd say last thing is just hustle. If you can show a coach that you've got grit and you've got toughness and you're willing to run and chase the running back down four yards down the field, just because you want to, and not because somebody like it's the place happening right there, but just because like you purely want to get that player, um, I think that goes a long way. A lot of coaches recruit tough guys that are willing to hustle. And I think that if you show hustle in your, in your highlight reel, that that'll go a long way for you. Definitely. And there's so many great football players and you really have to work hard to separate yourself from the pack. So I find it really interesting. Some of the aspects that you should add to your highlight reels just to, you know, help greater your chance at receiving you know, some positive feedback from coaches. Yes, ma'am. And then um, you ended up committing to the University of Virginia. So what stood out about that school? I would honestly say, so it's a top four public education university um, in the country. And that, that uh, on surface level, that's what stood out the most. Um, and then I really got to know their coaching staff um, they're all great guys. They all are super genuine and super honest about what they want for me as a player. Um, I know my plan for the next four years. I know where I'm going. I know the ins and outs of the program, and I haven't even been there one day yet. And I, I just really appreciate that, and I really appreciate that honesty from a coaching staff early because I know a lot of coaches – um, will give you this sort of smoke and flare and say, oh, we're so great. We're this, we're that. And once you get there, it's nothing that you expected. And I feel comfortable in Virginia knowing that I made the right decision and I'm expecting the right thing um, to come from it. And then lastly, they're on the incline in football. I mean, they've, they went, went to the Orange Bowl two years ago. Um, they didn't play a bowl game this year because of COVID, but mm-hmm. – like they're a program that's consistently on the on the rise and I think will be major contenders in the ACC. I, they already are major contenders in the ACC. And I think that on a national level that they can be competing um, with some really good football teams soon. For sure. Well, congrats on committing. Thank you. Now, I hate to bring it, bring the mood down, but Archbishop Murphy has lost the past two games. So what are you guys doing to get back on track? Uh, it's honestly just we got to maintain a level of focus at practice that hasn't been there. 
Um, Lakewood was a big one. Glacier Peak was a big one. So was Lake Stevens. Those were all three huge games Mm -hmm. uh, that I think we could have won. I mean, I know the scores won't reflect that, but we held Lake Stevens to zero points until about five minutes into the third quarter, which was the first time that that happened in, I think, five years. Um, Glacier Peak, we just got to learn how to respond. Um, And I think that each one of these three games has taught us a lesson about ourselves that uh, we can implement into this last game. Uh, It's just, and then finally with Lakewood, it's continuing to push. Keep your foot on the throat. Keep your foot on the gas. Keep pushing. Uh, We came out to a 15-0 lead. um, And then special teams gave up two quick touchdowns at the end of the first half. And then all of a sudden they scored on another play and all of a sudden now they're up 21, 15. Mm-hmm. We can't allow that to happen. We've got to keep the foot on the gas and keep pushing. And I think that if we apply all three things that we learned from these three losses, that um, senior night and our last game of the season could be a really great and really memorable, memorable one. Sorry. Yeah. And then who are you playing for your last game? Uh, Marysville Getchell. And how, how do you feel? Are you feeling pretty confident? Um, I feel good as a team. Mm-hmm. You know, Marysville Getchell, they're a pretty solid team. We've never had any run-ins with them, so I, I don't know what to expect. I mean, I've watched my film. I've seen uh, what I need to see on their team um, to feel that I, I do believe it'll be a battle. They're a good team. They're well-coached, and it, it'll be a fun game, and I'm glad it's on senior night. Yeah, good luck. Thank you. Now let's close it out with one last question. And that is what advice would you give to young football players? I would honestly just say like, take your time. Um, These four years, they go by quick. Um, Really go out, enjoy your life and work hard, no matter what it is. Um, You know, one of the things that training at FSB just, the idea of competition is key. And if you implore and explore competition in every aspect of your life i promise you you will be great no matter what what you do whether it's football whether it's competitive dance whether it's art if you just compete 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 you will be great well thank you so much for taking the time i know you're probably pretty busy right now with the season so thank you for taking the time to talk and do you want to just shout out your instagram real quick uh, yeah, Joshua.McCarron, spelled M-C-C-A-R-R-O-N. Uh, thanks for having me. Good of time. course. And good luck continuing your football career in college. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of On The Line. I upload new episodes every Sunday at 12. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, leave a comment on Apple Podcasts, and follow On The Line on Instagram, and all those links will be in the show notes. Thank you!